Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and I'm here with Oug Levadier, my co host. If you like us, follow us on at Believe, at Apple Podcasts, at Alexander Stevenson, at Oug Levadier. And if you have any questions, DM us on our Instagram handles, Alexander Stevenson or Oog Levadier. Welcome, Oogie. Hey, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing well. We're here for another week. That's right. Another week and big win today. I have to say, Oogie is in his Canadian hockey jersey. That's it. But that matters for all Canadians, no matter what, because it is the Canadian flag. Right, you got the colors on, and congratulations to Canada, the female Billie Jean King Cup winners. I almost said Fed Cup, but oh. it's changed to Billie Jean King Cup, That's so right. I have to keep track of that. There's a lot of Billie Jean King cups and trophies and stadiums. She's everywhere. She's so, taking over. <laughs> yeah, right. she's taking she was, over. She was in so, the stands today as well, you know, and which then, is amazing. Oh yeah. So. I got to say congratulations, Oogie and Team Canada. They did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, really happy to see the all the girls, the women just winning the, the, the whole thing. I mean, just, you know, with Gabriella Dubrowski, has been there a long time. Jeannie Bouchard as well. They played doubles in the first couple of matches of the tournament. And then, uh, you know, they took over, Layla took over. And Marina Stakuzic, have you ever heard of her? She's a... I heard of her this weekend. Wow. I mean, she's... She's uh, she's played with she's played with Amelia, my my oldest daughter, and they played a, a Vancouver Canadian National under 14s, and it's been a couple of years back. But she was you know she was a very good player then, but now she's been like all top hundred player wins this week. She's playing super well, and she's crying after the match today. She was really emotional that she got the first point, and then Layla closed it out to, to win the title, and that was huge for for Canada. So last year the Davis Cup, the men win with Shapovalov and Oje Eliasim. And this year, the female Canada is a tennis superpower. That's all there's to it. Hey, hey, they've they've won the men last year, and now the women. So I have to say, Canada's put a lot of time and effort in their players, and it's showing up. And it's just, it's great. I mean, America hasn't won, so it's even better that Canada won because you guys are still North America, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of players train together as well. You know, Coco Golf and. I mean, they're all friends, and so they, they practice a lot. We, yeah, we, so very exciting coaches, about coaches. Sometimes we get along and we, we share stuff together when we travel. You know, when we travel on tour, Americans and Canadians, you know, and Aussies, and they're really close, you know, especially yeah, because it's great. the English so, language, and you know, the, so they get together, and uh, you know, so it's really a, it's a huge win for North America. You're totally right, so it's good stuff. Yeah, very exciting. Um, also, we have the ATP finals starting. Turin, Turin, Italy. I have to say yep. that's a, a much better location than Cancun, Mexico during the month of November. Oh, for sure. I mean, maybe a bit chilly. As well, they're was... playing indoors. They have good conditions. They yep. have, they have um, a really cool artist named Honor Titus, mm. and he did the posters. Did you know that, Oogie? Well, you texted me that today, and I didn't know about it. But then the posters, yeah, were really nice. I was very excited about it. So he's he lives in LA, 
and he's a, a black American artist. And he did a little Q&A with John McEnroe over the week weekend. And mm-hmm. he he loves tennis. So he's done a lot of different posters for tennis. And the ATP hired him to do a special poster for the Nido ATP finals. And it's available through artchild.com. And it's a digital collectible. So if you want to go on and get one, you can go on and get one now. It's only going on for the week. But I think that's so cool and innovative. <clears throat> WTA, maybe somebody's listening out there. I mean... <laughs> That's pretty cool. We didn't get anything for the WTA championships. No cool artists doing posters. So yeah. not to not to rag on the WTA again, but I think that's very innovative and it brings maybe different people watching tennis. Yeah, definitely. That's something that the WTA, the ATP, and whatever sport and you know, whoever's in charge, they have to think about that. The publicity, the you know, like in the, the NFL, you know. Uh, Taylor Swift, all that, the, you know, all I that thing going get on with the NFL, but what, it's huge. I mean, are, it's, it's, it's mainly podcast, but you know, I like my other sports and pop culture, but yes, <laughs> the ATP was, that was very innovative to bring in an artist that loves tennis, has done tennis posters in the past and it's cool. Yeah. Right. Exactly it. It's awesome. And then, yeah, you get to see all the celebrities and big tournaments. So yeah. that's something you want to bring in. You want to you want to join join the forces with all kind of spheres. So Definitely. That's good stuff. So go check him out. And he's from Brooklyn. He lives in LA now, but he's from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and he has a gallery in England. He's pretty well known. So very cool. Okay, so we're gonna get into the ATP finals a bit, but I have to go back a little bit to what happened this weekend, Oogie. You know what happened? I'm very excited about this. Mm. Travis Kelsey flew to Argentina because Taylor right. Swift is back on tour. Yep, that's right. She's she was back there. in it. He flew to Argentina, was in her box with her dad. Her dad was wearing a Chiefs lanyard. I don't know why he was wearing a Chiefs lanyard in Argentina at Taylor's concert, but whatever, I guess he was showing support for the chiefs. Exactly. And you won't believe this. He played in Germany, right? The chiefs played in Germany last week. They had a bye week. (laughs) They had some time off. So he decided to go get some sun and go watch his girlfriend. And she is totally in love with him because she's now changed her lyrics to her famous song, karma. Really? Yes. <laughs> you want to hear what they are? Yeah. What is it? I mean, did 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 she say his name or what? Okay. Well, the I'm not. Look, I'm not. I don't have auto tune right now, but I'm just gonna say them. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. Oh wow. Okay, I didn't rhyme that right to the song, but that's okay. So. <laughs> I don't know how, which one, like, I know there's like karma is a cat. Karma is a breeze through my hair on the weekend. So I guess Mm -hmm. at some point she put in karma is the guy on the chiefs coming straight home to me. How funny is that? That is funny. We are in love, Oogie. Wow. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are officially in love. That big touchdown right there, because you're right. It's huge that. To change the lyrics of a song, I mean, come on. That's big. And And then she ran 
out of the stage and hugged him. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in front of everybody. And I think they did a kiss. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, you tell yeah. I like romance, Oogie. Romantic comedies are the best. You're right. Hey, that's but a big this story. Is, this is real life, so I'm happy. So this is very exciting. It so is. I just had to let you know this. Thank you for that, because I, we can't all follow the saga like like you do so that's perfect that we get the yeah, everybody the out there that is not on the down low about taylor swift and travis kelsey now are that's right <laughs> if they listen to our podcast about tennis and pop culture and such right thank god you're there <laughs> that's awesome yeah okay so back to the atp finals all right so they got honor titus the cool artists creating their poster uh, they got John McEnroe interviewing him. They brought in John McEnroe. Top eight men are playing, and the mm -hmm. top eight in doubles are playing. Now, right. it's not always the top eight due to the rankings. It's a race throughout the year. Yeah. So it's yeah. the same as the women. Whoever has the most points and people get injured, you know, so it's whoever finishes strongest. Yeah. Okay, so today Djokovic. You know, he keeps going three sets, but he figures it out. Amazing. He had a Huge match he had a against Runa. Yeah, he had a tough three-setter against Runa. Mm-hmm. They had so, to grind for sets, seven, six, all the way yeah. down. At, and at one point, I think he – did he have zero aces at one point? Yeah, I mean, his serve was okay, but Runa was standing back a little bit, putting everything back in there. So and Yeah, then, and obviously Djokovic isn't a big ace guy, but yeah. – it is indoors, so you expect a couple aces. Yeah, of course. But then, yeah, Rune was kind of playing smart, though, because, like, per set, when I was watching a little bit, and then he's, like, chopping cho shots a little bit, making Djokovic force play a little bit more because mm -hmm. you know how big of a defender Djokovic is. You can't really outpower him or outgrind him. He's so tough. So, yeah. Hey, Rune has got Boris Becker in his corner right now. So that's very nice for him. I, I'm happy that he has a you know really good coach and – I think the connection could be there because Boris is like a little bit arrogant back then, like Runa, right? It's so they're going to be interesting, right? I, I mean, Runa's had some, yeah. and Runa's had some drama this year. He had his childhood coach, and then he had Patrick Muradoglu, and then he had mm. the, his childhood coach back, and then he had Muradoglu back, and then he had a meltdown at the U.S. Open and was upset he was on an outside court. And oh, yeah. now he's got Boris Becker, who's freshly out of prison. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that sounds hilarious, but freshly out of prison in England, which maybe it's a bit more civilized over there. I don't know. He was like, he was very close to Wimbledon, where he was in his uh, confinement. So mm -hmm. it's it's going to be quite a 2024 for Runa and Boris Becker. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you there's going to be some fireworks in that. And I think their personalities, you're right. I think they might mesh very well. I think so, because both of them will probably put their side, their ego a little bit, and they can really work together. I can see well, that. Well, one would hope, or they just, it's going to be fireworks. And But Boris is now, he's redeeming himself, and he's older. So yeah. maybe he yeah, can he's... school Runa on some things about life. For sure, for sure. And, right? and for Runa, he's going to listen to him for sure because either, you know, whenever, even if he's a top five player, he's going to listen to Becker because he's won so many big events. So he's going to well, be like, exactly. he's and not going to not listen to him. 
Coco Goff coming in with Brad Gilbert. You know, a lot of the younger players are like, oh, she changed. She changed the game right there. She brought in Brad Gilbert. She won a Grand Slam. Runa's thinking the same thing. Maybe it's mm-hmm. my time to bring in Boris Becker. Yeah. Boris Becker was on. Wasn't he with Novak at some point? Oh, no, yeah. he's, it was, it was he was a long Novak, time with Novak, right? A long and time then, with Novak, that's why, yeah. And Andy Murray brought in Brad Gilbert Lent. and Yvonne um, Lendl. Yeah. So yeah. it, it kind of seems like the ex-players of a big stature, when they come in, things change. Now, Yannick Sinner has brought in Darren Cahill, who did right. not win a Grand Slam, but as a coach, he's won Grand Slams with his yeah. players. So okay. it's the same thing. You can go, you know, the coaching route and be a smart player, but not really win a grand slam yet, but then have players that do. So mm-hmm. he has that aura. And then Becker and Ivanisevich and Ivan Lendl have the other aura. Heckley of winning a grand slam. Edberg with uh, Federer. Yeah, Stefan Edberg. Name all kind of great players. And- yeah, but I have to say, hey, Lubacic didn't win a Grand Slam, but he really helped Roger. Yeah, so- whenever, whenever you get to a really a certain level, and I would even say top one thousand, because sometimes you don't have the physical attributes or or even the money to go on. You know, yes. sometimes, and you can, but you but have you the brain understand. exactly. But if you have the brain and you understand the game really well, and you yes. know how you know how the players feel on the court and the emotions they go through if you possess that knowledge you can definitely be a coach of whoever you want and you can you can be successful for sure yeah right? and you can really help that player move forward okay right. so thinner beat sits the pass pretty handily two breaks a serve six four six four mm-hmm. and thinner has been working on his serve we've discussed this before and yeah. it's working for him it's looking good and so that's going to be exciting to see how he continues on with that serve and obviously the rest of his game. But let's get into Sitsipas a little bit. You oh, yeah. texted me today. My, my, my old buddy, Greg Rosetsky, has been a little bit hard on him, huh? His, I know. Okay, so this is Greg what here. Greg uh, said. Did, of course, so yeah. He's had some he good said, Sitsipas has gone backwards. He isn't the player he once was. The backhand slice has gotten worse. The block return has gotten worse. The second serve, he doesn't have the placement. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough, right? That's let's, rough. Say, let's say somebody tells you that whenever you got off the court, what'd you say? You'd be like, I would be like, let's go to the practice court and fix it. But <laughs> okay. yeah, it, it's rough. It's rough. But if, if Greg Rizetsky is saying this and he's analyzing the match, he's working for Amazon Prime then he's seeing it. And I have to say, looking at Sitsipas the last year, you said the last two years, mm-hmm. he's lost his shiny, his shininess and his. Oh yeah. He's just, he's, lost, he's just kind of different. Yeah. He's lost that edge because a couple of years back, whenever you'd see him, you know, play the guys, his age, like Felix or you, you know, he would win, you know, yeah. he'd be like yeah. straight set wins. His serve, his, his one-handed backhand, top spin was cross, you know, it was cross-court. It was all over the place. It was great stuff. His forehand was, was big. Now he's yep. questioning himself a little bit, you know, and the relationship with his father, you know, last year and this year again, it's kind of tough. His father suddenly is not there, and suddenly he's there. It's too, it's too much there. He's talking too much. He's going, hey, 
Stop talking to me. <laughs> and then he had Mark Philippoussis come in and out a couple times. Exactly. Plus, you know, is you talked about love with Kelsey and Swift. He's in love with Bedosa <laughs> as well. You know? <laughs> really? So, Didn't they break up? They did. They broke I, up. I can see. Oh, they <laughs> did. Open. I mean, oh, I need to. God. I need to go check my facts on that. But I'm pretty sure Sitsi Bosa was... is over. Oh, okay. I thought there were a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks that ago. Was a, I still, that was I still really saw quick. some ice cream pictures together, but they probably maybe. But I feel like they're they're out. Maybe they okay. they're getting back. I think. Look, they're no Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Course, that's for sure. But I was just saying that because that. Yeah, he was on a high, but it, it didn't help with your tennis. emotions in your head as well. You know, yeah. whenever you're in love or or not in love, so that's a heartbreak, of course. So then. Or was it just a PR move and they weren't really in love and they wanted some publicity in the tennis world? I doubt that. You never know. Well, anyway, okay, so his block return. Look, as a one-hand and backhand, that's very important to have. And maybe he just isn't split-step and loading correctly and turning quicker. Has he gotten slower? I I don't – I guess I really need to go look at that a little bit more. and. The slice backhand, it's not knifing. I think he's on the tip of his toes. Is is you know, he's he's ready to go. He's really low and wide and you know he is uh, very wide. Maybe he's too wide. Maybe he's too wide, but um (laughs) yeah, you know, he's he's I think it's confidence. I think it's just between the ears, his his edge is gone. So now he's he's you know, he's winning and losing more, you know, one out of two matches instead of winning three out of four. So whenever that's in, then you hesitate a little bit more, you're Question yourself a little bit. Exactly. It's like what we saw with Felix. And um, who else have we seen that with? It's on the tip of my tongue. Well, Dominic Teams had, he's come back from an injury though. Yeah. Possibly hasn't been injured. Berrettini, it's harder when you're injured. But Sitsipas, look, he has a great game. Mm -hmm. It's just the power and the explosiveness isn't really hitting right now you're right you're right that's exactly that's the he needs end. to go find it mm-hmm. exactly maybe off season is going to be able to get yeah back maybe to or hey let's put it this way we are talking like he needs to improve he is in the top eight championships right now so he's still, he's still doing well and he's still there we just wanted to see him like get a little bit more up you know it'd be nice to see him as a contender for a grand slam you're right. Exactly. You're right. Because some players are on the rise and he's a little bit more on the down low. So, but he, well, he, he, he kind of, he ran the ahead. outfit for the, you know, he won for me the poncho for the picture. He was perfect. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> whose outfit did you like the best? It is actually. You're going to go with the poncho? Was that I'm an, ode, the poncho. Was that an ode to Greece? Hey, you know what? I thought that, I thought if they had been like last week with the women in Cantu and they would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of in the like you're in Italy, dude, dressed like fashion. This was it's like true. he was on a beach in Mexico or Greece, but oh, he is Greek, so he could get away with it. It's true. I just thought I like, like it was natural and it was casual. So I, yeah, I thought, it w- look, it worked for him. He's very esoteric, Ugi, and with the brown like shoes a philosopher. And yeah, and then you have Yannick Sinner and Gucci, and you have Alcaraz in louis vuitton and then you have novak and he had his customized lacoste jacket that's right he looked pretty cool 
What about you? What do you what, what who did you like the most? I have to say, Yannick Sinner, you know, he's dressing well. He's it's so funny because he still has like that baby face, yeah. but they are they're turning him into little GQ guy. I mean, right. he's the face of Gucci, he's Italian. What more do you need, Oogie? And I really liked when Carlos and Yannick walked into the Nike town mm-hmm. in Turin and yeah. It was just like, it was so interesting because I remember doing appearance in Nike and with social media and everything now, they were like rock stars. Yeah. It was, it was so cool to see. So I thought that was fun. And Carlos is just such a gentleman and he's like putting his hand on Yannick and waving. And I mean, they both are, but just Carlos has that charisma that you just want to smile. You're right. He's awesome. I, I love him. Seriously, he's. I think he's the best face for tennis right now. He's yeah. So that fresh. was a, that was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So now, so we're gonna get into a little bit. Uh, we also we have to um, talk about maybe Sitsipas could improve his serve. But let's go into what happens in the off season. We did this a little bit last week, but the serve. I want to talk mm-hmm. about. If you're going into the off season right now, the women are in theirs. The men are pretty much in theirs besides the finals going on. Um, But also I have to say there are a lot of ATP challengers going on and challengers on the women's side. So the lower ranked players are still fighting out there to get points for Australia. So that's important. Taylor Taylor Townsend won today uh, in Macon. Yeah, Macon, Georgia. I've played there, Uki. So there really is not much of an off-season if you are trying to get points to Australia or to 2024 if you're on the cusp. So you're, like, really working through Christmas. You're right. I mean, there they are. Gabrielle Ziello is in Calgary right now. for. There's the one in Quebec in Drummondville next week. Yep, yep. Lots of challenges going on. But let's talk about... I've heard through the grapevine that some players are now hiring. I mean, we've heard it in person, but all, I've heard it off the record that mm-hmm. during the offseason, players are hiring biomechanic experts to analyze their serve motions and see what is missing and what they can bring. Mm-hmm. So it's I find that very interesting because I'm coaching – younger kids and I'm and you are too and you start my youngest is five you've had lots of five-year-olds I've I just started with a five-year-old but I'm more like nine to 11 year olds that I've helped with the serve and then Mm -hmm. teenagers but it's interesting because you really want your mechanics to start when you are younger yeah but if you don't have the right coach to help you with that then your serve can really get messed up Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just let's just start by giving some advice to everybody listening right now. So let's say any any parents listening to us and they have kids starting tennis, maybe around that age, maybe they're starting at five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, the first thing they want to do is just to throw, you know, throw throw stuff like a baseball player or a quarterback in football. In North America, we're lucky we kind of have the baseball and football. Uh, we have those sports to help us do that because when we're young. We kind of throw baseballs and footballs around and mm-hmm. so in europe they they more they play more soccer so they're less inclined of playing american sports you know like baseball and and football and that has a big impact on the big servers for tennis because over time you know nadal and 
Federer and Djokovic, you can tell that it's not their best shots to serve. You know, you can tell that, of course, they're the half name, the top three guys ever. Well, well, I don't know about Federer, but Nadal and Djokovic, you know, they did have to improve their serve. Exactly. Well, And Novak is notorious for his overhead. That's probably his worst shot. Yeah. So, I mean, just to name... I mean, I've named the, the best three guys ever play tennis, but the serve <laughs> yeah. has been like still, you know, if you compare that to the big servers and, and John Isner and all the, the American guys that had a huge serve, they, they just toss the ball up and, and that elbow is coming forward. And by coming forward, that hand goes back in the racket and then it just snaps when you go up and yeah. that pronation, whenever you toss a football or a baseball. So those moves, you, you kind of do them by... so. So young players, young kids, just throw stuff with your father or, or mother. Just throw. Yeah, I think the- throwing is important, especially yeah. football, baseballs. Uh, you, look, do the soccer drills too for footwork, but also throwing is good. And even you know, racket throwing, mm-hmm. um, throwing your racket across the net. Get an old racket, obviously, but take your racket so you can feel that extension. I do that a lot with the younger kids so they can throw it and see mm-hmm. where they're actually going with the extension of their arm. Yeah, exactly. Or a javelin, like in, you know, you just toss exactly yeah. all that throwing motion in there. And then suddenly you're kind of, and then whenever you, you start playing tennis after, then, okay, you start working on the serve. The first serve you want to do is sort of a catapult serve. Whenever you really young kids, you're five years old, you just put your, your ball with the, let's say I'm a right-hander, you put the left hand on the racket with the ball, and then you just throw that ball up. And that's a serve. When you're five yeah. years old, that, that starts a point. And then, yeah, and it's okay no... for them to hold the pancake because they can't hold that's the, right. con- exactly. the that's continental what, grip. Is so tough, Oogie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You, there's no grip there. You just hold a racket if you want to have like a, yeah, you're right, a pancake Just grip. so they can feel the snap. Yeah, exactly. And they just, you know, do that thing. And then. Then you know you can get older, seven, eight, nine, and then of course adults. Whenever you start playing, then adults, you know, you can do the same, and and suddenly you do you change grip a little bit, and you start to do a pronation like this, and then that's that's when the surge starts to come in, and then you have to work on your toss. Really important. You have to. Yeah. Well, the toss. Yes. Let's talk about the toss a little bit. You have to be on the side a little bit because even professional players like Leila Fernandez today, for example. That's her weak point. The, the serve, if she can fix her serve a little bit in the next couple of months, she can she can be top 20. But without that serve, it's going to be tough because it's tough for her to hold serve all the time because she has to toss the ball and she does like this in front of her. And sometimes it goes a little bit to the left or the right. And sometimes she even hits the serve. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're all over the place. It's tough to yeah. reproduce that serve. So you want to go rock it backwards a little bit move your arm on the side then you toss the ball up while you're moving forward again and then you hit the serve yeah well i think the the one the big thing is you just have to like when i started learning how to serve Mm -hmm. when i was nine and i went to pete fisher we practiced tossing all the time and just tossing back and forth and you need to toss with your if you're right-handed you got to get your left hip rotating with the toss arm because if you don't have any rotation then your toss arm it's what you said your toss arm is just going to go straight in front of you and then it's going to go left all the time or if or too low and you really need to get that toss in the same spot for every first serve so that the opponent can't read what you're going to do you're right and the way you hold the ball as well because sometimes our students 
they hold the ball like this. And whenever you go up, that ball's behind them. So you want to put your 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 hand a little bit down, like a platform. And yeah, you the, relax and your fingers. You hold the ball on the tip of your, your fingers. And you release it through the tip of your fingers. And you're trying to hold it as long as you can. And whenever yeah, you to can get the extension more higher, then you just open your fingers and that ball goes straight up. Exactly. <laughs> and like it's like you're airing out like, your armpit, right? Even yeah, you can as long as you can because if you toss it like whenever it's here, then woof, you, you might toss it all over the place. But if you go all the way up and then suddenly you open your, your fingers, the ball is gonna yeah. really and then some straight. some people have trouble bending their elbow and then the toss goes way behind their head and you lose control. So that's why you have to have that straight arm and all that extension so you can control where the toss goes. And look at every level. It's a big deal. We've seen, they call it the yips. We've seen the people get the yips on the pro tour. I remember Anna Kornikova couldn't find her toss. Yep. Right. Shapovalov. Had a uh, trouble with that. Varev, he's case number one. He, mm-hmm. he, it seems like he's found his toss better, but at any time it could go out. You're right. You're right. And so it's always for, the same. Pro- you're right. It's always the same problems for them. The arm doesn't stay straight the whole way, and they yeah. want to release too quickly. So go a little softer. Keep that that elbow straight. You know, straight like that, and just release nice and exactly. soft. Even if and it's not as why, high as you want, just make it straight and then your arm can go a little faster and it's going to yeah. go high. And that's why I think bringing a biomechanical specialist is a good thing, but also go back to basics and look at your toss like, mm-hmm. and look at your positioning where you're setting up your feet on the court. Are your feet planted the right way or are you like at an angle and you have no balance? I mean, look at those two things. And obviously the biomechanical specialist can look in your body and see where you're tight and whatnot. Like, but that's also, you do that anyway for your fitness and your movement. But Mm -hmm. the basics of the serve are when you get in your starting position and your toss, and then you work on the rest. Hey, the advice number one for us to give to our listeners right now would be to videotape themselves this week and see what their toss is. That would yeah, be great. And see where your stance is. If you're facing forward and your hips are forward, then you got to turn the, if you're right-hander, you got to yeah. turn to the right. Oh, yeah. If you're lefty, mm-hmm. you got to turn to the left. I mean, if you could you just look at Federer, whenever he was tossing the ball, his left arm was straight over the baseline. You know, he was yeah. going like, he yeah. would be going like this. His left arm was straight over the baseline. So he's really on the side. Probably a lot of people are maybe not able to do that as well, but a little bit on the angle, but not as much. Just yeah, exactly. But just, just a little bit goes a long way. And, you yeah. know, when you teach the serve, you don't, you can't teach it for five minutes. That's a problem, especially in junior tennis, younger tennis, even pro tennis, the women's side, they serve like for five minutes at the end. A lot of the times they go down the middle, they go cross courts some volleys and then serves like go serve for 30 minutes or do a whole hour of your serve Mm -hmm. and then, or, you know, start with your serve, then go with your ground strokes, like mix it up. It it shouldn't just be five minutes because the most important part is your serve and your return. That's how you start the games in tennis. You're right. It's so important. You're right. It's the most important uh, shot in tennis and people don't 
use it as well as they should and pra don't practice as much. So you're right, totally 15 minutes of serve every day. Make sure you throw balls, throw footballs around. Have targets. And yeah. then you back it up with then you have to play points. Like this is so funny that we're talking about the serve today. And I didn't even really plan this, but one of my kids, he just started, he quit basketball and went into tennis mm -hmm. and he's trying out for his high school team this whole month. And so I got him a practice set today because the problem is he's little, he's got really good hands, but the serve is an issue and mm. he doesn't trust it. So he'll do some underhand serves because he watches Nick Kyrgios, Oogie. So annoying. I mean, I love, I love Nick Kyrgios, but it doesn't help TikTok for the youth right? They right. just want to do an underhand serve and they think they can do it 10 times. So he, he'll do that. And then he'll do a little like poof ball, a duck serve because he gets tight and then he forgets his motion because he's new to tennis. Mm. So I really work with him on the toss and his hips. And when he gets tight, his hips open up facing the court. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you need to fix your stance. And he'll be like, I'll just be quiet. I'm just going to get it in. And I'm like, but it's a practice match. You got to practice the serve motion. Yeah. So that you get better. I know you can just poop it in, but you actually have to practice the right motion. So under pressure, you can do it. So that's yeah. sometimes hard to get the, the kid that wants to win to actually go after the serve in a practice yeah. set because he doesn't want to double fault all the time. Oh, it's true. It's tough. And, and in that case, I always have the steps. So the steps, like we said earlier, was some catapult and then flat serves. And then yeah. right away, secure them on a second serve that they won't be attacked as well. Like a slice. slice. Yeah. So the slice is really important for them because you can always, okay, that racket has to have it at 45 angle, 45 degree angle. And then you cut the ball in half. And then people yep. start to get that, 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 that motion, like bowling whenever you, you know, you and bowl. The the kick serve should be last because that's the oh, hardest yeah. to teach. And oh, you got to change your toss. It's the one time you change your toss right oh, over yeah, your head for the kick. That's a totally different ball game. And you need experience a couple of years before that. But yeah. you're totally right. So let's, with the slice serve, they can use that in first serves, you know, automatically in. So they won't have to rush exactly. on second serve to feel the pressure. But basically, bottom line, get your toss right and then get your motion right and you're good to go. You're right. Okay, Ugi, so. Leading oh, into that awesome. one, let's talk about the ball is in Oogie's court. Okay, what's your topic today, Oogie? Hey, we're, we're, we're rolling with the topic as well because, uh, you know, last week we talked about the game styles, powerful baseliner. This week was going to be the placement baseliner. So it goes into the what we just talked about, the serve, you know, the, the placement of the serve, the, the slice wide. That's it because... Once you're, you're a placement player, you probably don't have that big of a bomb of a first serve, you know? So you won't hit aces all over the place. You'll be placing slice serves, kicking it out wide on the deuce, on the outside for a right-hander. So so that placement player is going to do that. And then a little bit like Layla today, you know, she's, gonna, she's a lefty, so she's going to use that slice serve wide, pull that player out, and just hit in the open court. So it's not a powerful player, but it's a placement player. So they want to change the pace sometimes as well. So they want to use that slice whenever they rally. They want to change the pace, make the opponent, you know, miss into the net sometimes, make them run, run footwork a little bit. So, you know, the players normally you'll be having like Anse Jabeur right now. She's playing like that a little bit. 
and Layla's like that. Uh, Kazakina's a little bit more like that. Mukova, who you like a lot, plays like that a little bit. So those all those players have some slice in their game. They can change mm -hmm. the pace. They have great hands, sometimes better than even their footwork. So they have, they use their hands much better. Uh, they mm -hmm. can come to the net, make volleys, drop shot volleys. So that's the type of player that that it's tough to beat because they have great hands. Once they control the center of the court, they move you around. I can remember you when you played, you know, Justina a little bit and she would slice you a little bit and make yes, you come. And they can change up the paces. Exactly. Yeah, those Who, are hard you, for power players to play. Exactly, because you were you you want to hit hard and then suddenly they get you off the court a little bit and make you off balance. So what was your biggest challenge whenever you played these type of girls, Alexandra? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, being patient, Ugi. <laughs> That's right. But huh? once if I was in the right mindset to be patient and I was I was prepared, then I felt like I I, I didn't mind playing the placement players with touch. Mm -hmm. I because I, I could slice as well and I could come in and I had touch, but I had trouble with the defensive high ball pushers. That was like the worst player for me to play with. Just gets everything back. I felt like the placement players, I I didn't mind that if I was really prepared with my movement and my feet and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it, you could uh like Jabur. I, I played Jabur too, and she hit out a lot of times, but she did bother me. I played her indoors and with the slice and dice, and she had good placement, and then she'd rip it. So she didn't give you a rhythm, yeah. and then she'd go and do a dinky shot. So she was um, – we had some close matches. She did win, but that was after my shoulder. <laughs> so I felt like my serve could have been a little better. But, yes, I did – she was she's tough to play. I can see why people don't like playing her, but her game's fun to watch. So the placement oh, players, they, they are fun to watch. Like even Layla Fernandez, she yeah. places that lefty serve, drives you nuts, right? Because it's right. like not even that fast, but yeah. she has spin and she gets it in the right place that it kind of goes inside into you. And you have mm -hmm. to move as a righty, you kind of have to move out of the way really quick. And oh, yeah. then she has that open court, what you just said. And I remember watching her play Kerber at the U.S. Open the, the year she made a run. Yeah. And a lefty against a lefty. And she was doing everything Kerber likes to do to other players and was driving Angelique crazy. Right. You're right, because she would slice into her body and she would kind of, and Angelique would go like, should I hit a forehand or backhand? What's going on? Normally I have time because the right-hander goes this way. Yes. It was different for her. You're right. And she yeah. took away Kerber's backhand down the line that she loves. Oh, exactly. She just did it better mm -hmm. that day. Yeah, that's her weapon yeah. normally. You're right, because the, the touch players normally they have great down the line shots. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. So they're they plays the ball well, so they have that shot. So that's awesome. So there you yeah. go, the placement player. All right, cool. Well, I like that. Okay, so Moving on, we got to keep track of the ATP finals this week, Ugi, for next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, Finding we had there, and then yeah. we'll have a little break because not as much big. I know. Then we really have the off season, so we'll yeah. have to we'll have to find lots of topics to talk about. Um, the big news today for me is the 49ers riding themselves in Week Ten. Wow. I still, they're still my favorite right now. I know you have a Go Pats behind you. 
Hey, it's more of the Tom Brady era for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm the 49ers this year, and I I like that they you know they figured it out. They're still in the running. Um, Deion Sanders, I got to bring him up again. There you go. I just I really you know he's just so entertaining, and I love that he apologized to the fan base this week, yeah, and he thanked them. For every time they sold out his stadium. And, you know, the Buffaloes have been close, except Oregon did kill them. But mm-hmm. the team just doesn't know how to win yet, and they have to build, okay? I They're do. in a building phase. And he came into this. He he didn't – it's kind of like I came into coaching. I wasn't planning on it. I feel like Deion Sanders, he didn't plan on doing it, but he did it. Mm-hmm. And now he's mm-hmm. giving these – young men so much inspiration he's giving instagram so much inspiration and i love that he always talks about god and that god has a plan and god has a will because tough times zoogie sometimes weeks are really hard and you just have to say okay god has a plan he knows what he wants you to do even though sometimes i feel this way i'm like okay what's next like am i always going to be on this one court all day long like Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you got to figure it out. It's different. You have a family and everything. I just have me right now on this yeah. board. And, yeah. you know, I want to do other things, but God has a plan. So you have to trust in him. And I feel like Deion Sanders has brought that to a big stage and I appreciate it. And right. so I appreciate Deion Sanders for doing that. And I think a lot of people are going to be touched by him. And he has a mm-hmm. lot to say. And it's going to be entertaining for sure it's a good example for a lot of things and uh how did they did they do did they win yesterday or no no <laughs> yeah probably lost <laughs> that's all good no it's okay they just don't know how to win yet mm, there you go so, but then those are next year there's always next year because yeah always there's always them. next year hey look tennis players go through this all the time so hey, every sure. athlete does okay yeah, right it's his first year as yeah, well as and, coach Yeah, it's his first year as a coach. And this is so important because you have to figure out as a coach, how do you teach your kids to win? That's Mm -hmm. hard. I'll give you one more example. My other student this weekend played her best tennis in the first round, beat the number four seed, like 6-2-6-2. Definitive win, right? Boom. Boom. Then she had to wait for three hours and play a second match. Well, this is like her seventh tournament and she's not really used to doing that mm-hmm. where sometimes you don't play back to back and she's now getting up to a higher level where they do play back to back. So she doesn't really know how to manage her time and she gets yeah. tired. What well, she, she, she came out, won the set six zero, and then the girl got upset you know women's tennis same as girls junior tennis you win mm-hmm. the first at 6-0 the girl's gonna come back mad and play better right yeah. so the girl yeah. came back and played her better and my student didn't really know how to reset and lost that set mm-hmm. and then she got into a tiebreaker and she lost at 10-5 mm-hmm. and she was so disappointed but I talked to her after and I said you know what this is the first weekend that you've won three sets in a row, three definitive sets, six, two, six, two, six, oh, or maybe it was six, two, six, one, six, oh, that's a big deal. Three sets in a row. 
That's not easy to do. And so I said, look at it that way. You're learning how to win back-to-back sets. And you might not have won four, but you won three. That's exactly a good good reaction right there because it's important to see all the positive that you're gaining every week. So yeah, every week it's it's progress, Oogie, right? Exactly. So I'm happy she's gonna she's in good hands, huh? With you. Look at that. She's oh thanks, Oogie. Well, I try to be, you know, you gotta turn in you gotta turn in disappointment into positives. And And she has for everybody. She has to analyze how to stay focused through the whole match though, because that experience of winning, you, you mentioned the Buffaloes, how to win. Whenever you're winning, you need to analyze that and keep going. And if you see the opponent adjusting, like we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, yes. you need to adjust as well right right back there because exactly. sometimes like, she wins 6-0 and then the second set, she has a little letdown and the opponent yep. adjusts. And then and she then loses it. Back right away. You have to come back right away with a strategy. Same one as first set or maybe adjusting a little bit. And then yep. boom, you win in two sets like 6-0. Exactly. And then like the Buffaloes against Stanford, that yeah, killer they game. Up, they were up. They were and they, up. That's bad to lose that game. And then see, since then, the confidence has been a little bit. Yeah, it's lower. been down the down low. Kind of like yeah. let's let's hope Sitsipas gets on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to call Greg and and say what he saw there and uh, his comments. I think it was right on point though because. Yeah, he's, he's going. Yeah, he was. Hey, fellow Canadian via England, right? Yeah, that's right, Greg. <laughs> we played together in the juniors. We're uh, good friends. And then, yeah, he had the, he had a huge offer to transfer to Great Britain. And, you know, people here were like a little bit shocked. But then what can you do if you get a great offer and a lot exactly. of money? Exactly. He did the right of, thing. One of his parents was British. So, yeah, it was totally rightful for yeah. him to go play for them. No big deal. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, Oogie. I'm going to give you the quote. And I did say it earlier, but I got to give the quote to Taylor Swift. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. That's right. And I'm expecting like the the the, the music song next week from you. And you I know say- I got to like do the background music, right? I, I don't yeah. I don't I don't know if we can pay for that, Oogie. Hey, I, <laughs> I've got my iPad close to me. I'm going to I'm going to. I think there's yeah. copyright rules on that. Oh, you're right. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So we can't do that. We don't want to get in trouble. So it doesn't matter about the rhyme, but Hey, shout out to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey again this week. Love it. This has been serving aces. I had a lot of fun tonight, Oogie, and we will see each other next week. Until then. Till then. Bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.